0: All right, ladies and gentlemen. I want to welcome you to a brand new edition of Scar, and Scar stands for Seeking Courage and. Redemption with Dustin Rivenbach. We have a great episode lined up. We have a great guest lined up for you today. But before we get into all of that, I want to tell you uh, the intent of the podcast, sort of the the why are we here, so to speak. And we're here to work out our hardships, our trials, tribulations, and all of that in such a way that we can begin to unfold God's plan and purpose for our lives. But you may be thinking, but Dustin, why do I need to listen to Scar? And here's the answer we all have stuff, right? We all have hardships, things that can begin to accumulate in our lives in such a way that they can even begin to get us off course or sidetrack us if you will if we let them pile up and and accumulate so i wanted to create a safe place that we could all come together share our stories share our our hardships and 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 begin to just unfold that plan and purpose that god has for our lives. So that's why you need to be tuned into SCAR with Dustin Rivenbark. Now, all of that being said, I want to introduce you to a great guest that we have on the line today, Miss Jana Scott. Please say hello. Hello. Well,
1: good morning. Thank you, Dustin, for having me
0: on, Scar. Yes, ma'am, and I am so glad you're here. Now let me give you guys just a brief backdrop and then we'll let Miss Jana tell you um, more about uh, herself and more about her mission. She is a minister of the gospel, a strategist, a planner, advisor, public policy expert, but more than that, she is a daughter of the Most High King. And so, Miss Janna, would you please tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, thank you so much, Dustin. And I, hearing that
1: uh, little piece of my bio read, I think I ought to put daughter of the Most High God first. Yes, <laughs> because He is my priority, and I, I just am so honored. To be on your program today, a uh, little bit about myself. I was born and raised on the West Coast, so but I feel very at home with you. And I'm not
0: sure uh, if there are folks there in uh, Dothan, Alabama, or wherever you are yes. in the
1: Central Time Zone. I have some friends in Alabama uh, who uh, I hope listen to your podcast. Uh, But I was born and raised uh, on the West Coast. And then I moved to Phoenix, Arizona as a young woman, uh, along with my husband and and children. And my children grew up here. And as they are now adults, uh, I found myself going to different places, um, you know, for my career. And one of the places that the Lord uh, allowed me, uh, he sent me, I should say, uh, is into the halls of the governor of Arizona yes. and then into the halls of the White House and Homeland Security uh, under the previous administration. Yes, And what I found in that 12 years of time is that there is so much that our nation has to do behind the scenes and we can't always share all the information with the general public sure but those of us who are in governmental positions like that we if we know the lord and we try to follow his spirit then we begin to pray we begin to pray for god to preserve the united states of america we begin to pray for our leaders we begin to pray that even our leaders would understand the importance of praying for each other And for themselves. Yes. And before the next question, I just want to step back one moment and say prior to my time in uh, both uh, the governor of Arizona and uh, the Obama administration, I was privileged to uh, be sent to a group um that behind the scenes they're called uh the fellowship foundation but many people will know them as the national prayer breakfast yes and we have friends there in alabama and really in every state of the united states and i was privileged to be placed with at that time the man who was um really the the core uh of the prayer breakfast his name was doug Cole. Uh, He has since gone on to be with the Lord, Okay. but the one thing I learned in my time with the prayer breakfast and with so many friends there, and I'm actually still involved as a volunteer, is that we must promote Jesus plus nothing else to every level of humanity, whether it's the, the highest heights as well as those who are in, as Jesus would say, maybe the least of these. Yes. Yes. And so that's sort of a bit of my story.
0: Listen, Miss Jana, I, I'm just telling you, me and you chatted right before this podcast, and I can feel your spirit. I believe that. You know, spiritual connections are the most are, are are the strongest ones, and I can just feel uh, your spirit connecting uh, not just with me, but um, uh, prayerfully through our audience. And so, um, the past twelve years, you spent as faith advisor to the Arizona governor, and then you God moved you into Homeland Security for the Obama administration, and all of that, and that sent you up all over the all over the United States, correct? Yes,
1: it did, and, and actually even to other countries. Wow. But my primary work was in the U.S. I was in New York, New Jersey. I was in Louisiana, uh, Texas for a time, not as long, but uh, Cedar Rapids, Iowa, New Mexico, California. And I was actually in Tucson, Arizona, I signed uh, through my uh role with homeland security uh, right before and during the time of that terrible uh, tucson shooting yes you remember, in yes ma'am yes ma'am and i'll tell you that one of the things that i've been really blessed with dustin is that even though i've worked in government my governmental leaders have understanded my priority as a woman of God and so I was never hindered from praying with the people everywhere I went people knew that I'm a child of the King that I'm a follower (laughs) of Jesus that I love the Lord and so you know that old saying where it says you sometimes you're the only epistle that some people will ever see. Yes, ma'am. You know, it was, as if the, it was as if the Lord would send me into these places where, you know, a lot of hurt had happened, whether it was a natural disaster or whether it was an active shooter incident or whether it was, you know, violence uh, related to gangs or whether it was, you know, just uh, things like that, environmental uh, pollution issues. Um, the Lord would allow me to really connect with the people heart to heart. Wow. And to really, in a sense, even be as the governor called me at one point. She said, "Janna, you are a ministry of presence to be a ministry of presence with wow. people who were hurting.
0: You know, and so that's my whole intention, Miss Jenna, is to is to get that message of god's goodness is jesus and nothing else and so uh i've i've been blessed to be able to be in and out of schools i go and uh, i've speak i've spoken to hundreds of students uh, uh, multiple states as well and and i'm a i'm a youth pastor and and i i just i feel god uh, uh, moving strongly right now, even more than ever. When you look around, and we see the chaos that that our nation um. Uh, appears to be under and and all of this. And the Bible tells us that these things will intensify like labor pains. And so uh, at the end of the day, God is still on the throne. And so whenever I get in touch with these teenagers and our youth of the nation today, I want to encourage them to uh, uh, stand up and pray for our government. I'm actually, let me give you a visual of where I am right now. So I'm in my I'm in my office upstairs, and uh, and so I've got my computer and my microphone and all of that, and we're talking here, and right in front of my desk is a window, and it's upstairs of my house, and I look out into my yard, and we actually have a flagpole, and I'm looking at the American flag right now uh, with, the, with the beautiful trees in the background and all of that stuff, and it's just a majestic reminder that this is so much... Bigger, and I've got a bell right above, kind of like the Liberty Bell, you know, right above, uh, right above the flag, and it's just a, it's just a beautiful, beautiful reminder of that in which you're exactly talking about. And I want to ask you this: Why is it important, Miss Jana, that we pray for our nation? As a faith advisor, uh, why is it important that we do this?
1: Well, Dustin, I want to go back to your uh, acronym SCAR. Yes. Seeking Courage and, and Redemption. Yes. And when you said the word SCAR, it reminded me of something that I had written in my book, Standing on the Wall, Prayers to Preserve the Integrity of a Nation. And it reads thus, over the past many decades, a gaping hole has been worn in the consciousness of America Not only do we suffer debilitating financial debt that, if not paid, could forfeit the future of our children's children for generations to come, but there is also a spiritual debt that has been amassed by the manifestation of the seven deadly sins. Mm. And you all know that as pride, greed, lust, envy, gluttony. Wrath and sloth and i would really encourage the listening community to really study about these seven deadly sins and this has caused america to have a spiritual debt yes that must be paid if america is to survive thrive and fulfill its original intent and so when i look at the times of today and I realized that some of where we are, not all, but some of where we are is a result of the spiritual debt that must be paid. We know that only the blood of Jesus can pay the debts that we have spiritually. So what do we do? Then we must, as uh, we're told in Second Chronicles seven fourteen, you know, to humble ourselves, yes. to pray, to seek God's face, and to turn from all this wickedness. yes. So that then God would hear from heaven, he would forgive our sins, and he would heal our land. And I love the, the verse after that where the Lord says uh, back to Solomon, uh, now my eyes are open and my ears will be attentive to to the prayers made in this place. And what is this place? It's the place where the people of God have humbled themselves, sought the face of God, prayed, and turned from wickedness. So yes. this is where we are in America now.
0: Yes. You you
1: are right that things are intensifying
0: even as birth pangs intensify. Yes. And as a mother of five children, I understand that you understand that, now. don't you? <laughs> Yes. I don't understand then, that, but, but, and, but you do. Well, you
1: do in the Spirit. <laughs> yes. And as we're getting to this intensity, God is seeking to draw His people back in prayer, mm. in repentance, in humility, mm. and in seeking the face of God. So in these chaotic times, that's what we've got to do.
0: That is so, that is so amazing. Now, you... You've talked a little bit about a a spiritual constitution. Tell me a little bit, what is that?
1: Well, I talk about the natural constitution that our country has been built upon. Yes. And you know that within that, it talks about several different aspects of the constitution that our founding fathers built. It talks about several different, I should say, attributes so union it talks about and let me just read out of the constitution this part that i'm talking about we the people of the united states in order to form a more perfect union Mm. establish justice ensure domestic tranquility provide for the common defense promote the general welfare and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity do ordain and establish this Constitution of the United States of America. That's our beginnings of the Constitution. But when you think about those words, unity, justice, tranquility, common defense, general welfare, blessings of liberty, and posterity, you realize that our founding fathers had to be looking at the Bible when they wrote this. Each one of these attributes is clearly denoted in the scriptures yes, in the scriptures, and so they were basically weaving the scriptures into the fabric of our founding documents, yes, for this nation, and that's our spiritual constitution. You know, we have the paper, we have the book, you know, the little booklet. I actually carried the little constitution with me. That's why I was able to read that.
0: (laughs) It's actually a little
1: booklet that you can get. Uh, It's called uh, The Declaration of Independence and the Constitution of the United States. And when you think about how that reads, unity being a prime, I mean, Jesus' high priestly prayer, tranquility You know, talking about Philippians 4-7, how we should, you know, don't worry about anything, but in all things, through prayer and supplication, make our requests known unto God and the peace or the tranquility of God guarding our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Justice, let justice roll down like waters or righteousness like a mighty stream. Even in the common defense, you know, there's uh, passages that talk about how the people of God uh, must be must be defenders of the poor and they must be defenders of, of their nation and the territory that God has given them. And on and on and on, even to the posterity, you know, where we must... Uh, blessed the, the children's children with the teachings of God, with the covenants of God, yes. and even a good man leaves an inheritance unto his children's children. All of these principles are in the word of God. That's Amen. our spiritual constitution.
0: Now let me ask you this. So, so we see a nation um, that uh, one side is in total agreement with you. Another, uh, 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 another side, not just talking about political parties, I'm just talking about people uh, in general. One side uh, is in favor of taking God completely out of the state, completely out of the U.S., uh, just taking God completely away. But when we look at Joshua 1.8, it says, This book of instruction must not depart from your mouth you are to yeah. meditate on it day and night so that you may carefully observe everything written in it for then you will prosper and succeed in whatever you do if our yeah. constitution was if our constitution that we have founded this government on that we stand on is trying to remove the word of god in which it was built on we are yeah. going to continue and te- continue to see these problems within our governmental network would you agree with yeah. that
1: Absolutely, You said it, uh, Dustin. And I think the prime example of that, you know, and people will talk about mental health. They'll talk about gun control. They'll talk about all these things. But when you look at the prime example of the word of God being taken out of our schools, which is something I know you're very concerned about is yes. our young people. Yes. You know, granted, their first schooling, uh, particularly around the word of God, should be at home. But they spend as much as eight to nine hours a day under the tutelage of people, many who maybe do know the Word of God but are afraid to speak it. Right. And then you have the Word of God banned, and then all of a sudden we have all of this violence going on in the school, you know, shooting incidents, gang violence, you know, all of this craziness going on in the schools.
0: You know, Miss uh, Janet. So, so I saw um, a post the other day on Facebook that shook me to my core. Uh, I've done prison ministry, all of those type of things. I love the revival mentality, the bringing people from tragedy to triumph and all of that. I love that. But this post that I saw the other day shook me to my core. It said, you want to take the Bible out of schools, but you encourage it in prison. Maybe if we allowed God more into our schools, our students wouldn't make it to prison.
1: Isn't that right? Wow. I love
0: that. Wow. That's, you know, that's the truth right there. And and that's the truth. And you wrote this book, Standing on the Wall. Um, tell me a little bit about Standing on the Wall and how you, you kind of developed this idea. Tell me about this.
1: Well, Dustin, I wish I could say that, you know, I developed it and, you know, I had a plan in mind and it came to fruition, you know, just as I had planned. But that's not the way it happened. I came back from eight years of working in the Obama administration. I came back to Arizona. And at first I thought, you know, my unemployment for nine months was, you know, some kind of, you know, I don't know what I thought it was. But at the beginning, the first couple months, I thought, why am I not able to get a job? Yes.
0: Your wilderness moment, kind of.
1: Yes, it was a wilderness moment. That's a great... Ways to uh, describe it as a wilderness moment. By about the fourth month, I had started joining these uh, calls, these prayer calls with uh, women that I'd met in different places across the nation. And so there were different states that were represented on this, these prayer calls, Monday nights, praying for the nation. And I was asked to speak on one of the calls, so they would always start with a, with a, you know, fifteen minute message, and then we'd go forty five minutes prayer. And on that uh, speech, I talked about the importance of praying for our nation and how the walls of our nations must be protected through prayer. I really talked about the gates and the walls. And after that call, one of the women called me and she said, "You know, that's a book, right?" Wow. And I was like, well, no, I didn't know it was a book. I was just, you know, preaching. And I really didn't, wasn't even thinking about writing a book. And she began to say to me, and she began to pray for me, that the Lord wants you to get this out. And so it really was a cathartic experience. It wow. was a purging experience. It was as if there was times when I would write a prayer and I would just be weeping as I was writing. And I couldn't do it on the computer. I had to do it by hand. I had to write out each prayer, and then I would type them later. But it was something about, it was almost as if the Lord had uh, convicted me that you are one that I've brought up through the fire of prayer, through uh, through the teachings of intercession and spiritual warfare. Now I want you to put it to use. for for my glory and for my kingdom. And so, interestingly, there was a lot of spiritual warfare in the actual publication of the book. The first person uh, who was the woman who had uh, offered, who had told me I should write the book, she became my editor, and she was going to be my publisher, but she came under a lot of spiritual warfare, and she could not finish it. After Mm. about uh, nine months, ten months working with her on it, and I would call her, i say, you know, have you, are you able to get, you know, do we have the next iteration? And, you know, it was just such warfare that she finally said to me, I have to give it back to you.
0: Oh my goodness.
1: And I was like, okay, God, you told me to do this, now what am I going to do? I don't know anything about publishing, editing, anything. And interestingly, the Lord sent me, uh, I went, went on Google looking for publishers, and I came across the name of a woman that I've known for years. She was actually in the administration where I worked for the governor of Arizona. Mm. Strong believer. And I said, okay, this was after calling two other people and emailing one lady who was out of the country and ended up uh, contacting me two months later when I'd already engaged Julie. But what she said was the first night that she had gotten the manuscript and her room, she had a roommate at the time. She woke up in the middle of the night and she had to fall out of the bed and out into the open area because she could not breathe. Wow. And her roommate came out of the room and she knew it was a spiritual attack and she began to pray over her, uh, over Julie. And Julie was able to, to come out of it. And she called me the next day. She said, Jenna, I was attacked last night. I had sent her the manuscript that day. So I know that God has something about this book. But then even yes. further, the, the illustrator, the one who was formatting the book, she came under attack. Wow. And she had her, her uh, it was either her husband's brother or somebody in her family uh, came under violent physical attack mm. and ended up in the hospital. And, you know, some people might say, oh, that was just coincidence. But I truly believe that this little book, and we really originally wrote it for leaders to pray for themselves and for other leaders. Yes. And then it was Julie's idea to make a pastor's version and a people's version. But I truly believe as we get this book into the hands of our nation's leaders, we're going to see some strongholds broken. We're going to see some walls come down. We're going to see some sins being repented of. We're going to see people being convicted for the wrong that they have done against this nation, yes, publicly ma'am. as well as privately.
0: Let me ask you We're this. We're going to see that. Yes, we talked about why people should pray for the nation. This book is based on prayers for the integrity of our nation. Now, what what is the why? why did you choose the integrity of the nation as the baseline for this book?
1: Well, separate and apart from the nation, if you think about the integrity of something, you think about the strength of it, you think about the fact that it's held together and that it's holding other things together, right? Right. When you think about, say, for instance, uh, if you are in machinery, you know, you want the nuts and bolts of a machine to have integrity.
0: Absolutely. Because
1: if the nuts and bolts break, the whole machine's going to fall apart. Yes, so integrity technically means the state of being held together and being whole it's a state of unity it's coherence it's cohesion it can also mean adherence to moral and ethical principles Mm. and so when i think about the integrity of a nation i think about how with all these different ideas and all these ideologies and all you know granted that's part of the beauty of the U.S. is that you know we have the freedom to think independently but what we need is for God to govern our independent thoughts Yes. otherwise we end up with a mm-hmm. lot of screws and, and nuts and bolts in the midst of things that do not have the integrity to hold the whole
0: thing together Wow. <laughs> Great answer. Yes. So that's
1: why I chose the word, and I shouldn't even say I chose. God chose this title.
0: It's beautiful. Now, I've got to know this, okay? Given your governmental experiences, all right? We we know, especially going through schools and all of that, I know specifically there is a uh, separation of church and state. Okay. Um, Now, some schools are a little more lenient, some are not. uh, uh, Just as some states are more lenient and some are not, all of this. What is your opinion of the separation of church and state?
1: Well, it doesn't appear in the Constitution. It was actually written in a letter to Jefferson, I mean, from Jefferson to the Danbury Church in Connecticut. And the reason he wrote that letter because he wanted the church to be protected from intervention by the state. Mm. And see, somehow it's gotten all turned around to where we don't want the state to be intervened on by the church.
0: Why? Why is that?
1: I think it's a, an attack of the enemy, really, because yeah. the enemy will confound and confuse to try to uh, really his ultimate goal is to take as many people with him to the lake of fire where he belongs before the Lord, you know, and, and to, to, to to try to discredit what the Lord has established.
0: Yes, yes.
1: And so I believe it really is a spiritual attack uh, and a spirit of delusion. That came upon this nation and a lot of it I think had to do with the interpretation of constitutional law by people who maybe were not truly sold out for God to where they would put that in place. Mm -hmm. To say that, you know, the church is separate from the state and that means that the church cannot have any influence on the state. But think about it. People who have traditions, faith beliefs, whether it's Christian or something else, they're not parking those beliefs at the door when they go in to govern. Right. They might not they might not quote verse and scripture, but they're operating from a faith foundation. Whether it's Christian, Buddhist, Hindu or no faith at all, they're operating from a foundation. So technically and spiritually there is no separation.
0: So when we see somebody in government getting attacked by their faith, and uh, for for whatever reason, you're basically saying that that we should we should not do that because. But let me ask you this: Would somebody's decisions that they make in a government their 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 decision on whether passing a law or or whatever would their decisions be influenced by their faith? And if yes. Is that not a good thing? Or or just, just answer that question.
1: I define faith as your belief system. The foundation of your belief system is your faith. Yes. Some people have faith in money. And their decisions, when they make laws and policies, are being influenced by their faith in money. Wow. Some people have faith in Buddha. Yeah. or Mohammed or you know some of the Hindu sure. uh, traditions when they are making decisions their decisions are, have to be influenced by their grounding in a particular set of beliefs Yes. so as a follower of Jesus if I were to ever be an elected official I am not going to say that my decisions would not be grounded in my faith in Jesus. Right. I, I, it, it doesn't make...
0: It doesn't make sense.
1: It doesn't make spiritual sense, yes. but it also does not make logical sense. Yes. Because we operate from a place of our beliefs.
0: Do you think that might be why the fear for people wanting... Um, wanting church in state, maybe the fear of, I don't believe the way she does. She's a Christian, and her and her uh, decisions are going to be coming from a Christian standpoint. Do you think that might be some of the fear of it?
1: It's, a, it's not only fear, but it's ignorance. Yes. Because yes. when you think about it, our standpoint as followers of Jesus is truly... The Judeo-Christian tradition upon which this nation was established. Right. And there are important precepts that must be maintained in order for the United States of America to be held together. Yes. The integrity talk, you know.
0: Yes. If I... we
1: want to start implementing belief systems into government. That come from other faith traditions, and not all of them are totally different. But there is that one key difference that we see Jesus as the Son of God and as God. Yes. But if we start saying, "Okay, well, my faith," and remember how I defined faith is as a set of beliefs. Yes. And and I I'm just going to say this one, and I, I pray that it doesn't uh, offend your listening audience. No, go for it but my set of beliefs is that children and adults are on the same level when it comes to decisions related to things like the use of the human body okay
0: okay explain explain what you mean
1: there are some people that believe that a 14 year old's decision around sexual relations is as is as um, legitimate as an adult decision, right? If I come into a place of elected uh, authority, and I have that belief system, and I say I'm say I'm put on a school board, yes, or I'm made superintendent of a school district, I may pass laws and policies that begin to try to teach children. About things related to sex at an inappropriate age.
0: I'm with you a hundred percent. No, you're you're absolutely correct.
1: And that's what's happening in some of our school districts around the country now.
0: Yes, and and I look at my daughter. She's she's 11. It won't be long until until she hits 14. And I, she's got friends who are that age, and and all of that. And I just look and I say, no way, no way is is um our are our, our children. Uh, capable of 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 those type decisions as an adult, and so um, I I just I you know this whole idea of separation of of church and state um, is is difficult on many levels. Not just that, not just that topic, but there there are so many topics that is like wow, we need to get back to what our nation was founded on, the integrity of our nation, and in God we trust, and and. Yeah. In this in this book standing on the wall and, and all of the challenges and, and and all of that stuff that you have seen um, wh- what have you witnessed as far as fruit as far as results from working on all of this what what have you seen kind of transpire through this book
1: It's interesting um, that you've asked that question because what has happened you know this book was written in 17. But because of the warfare that came up under the editing and publishing, it wasn't actually produced
0: until the end of 19. Wow. But what we saw
1: was that some of the prayers that we had been writing about, all of a sudden, things would happen as a result of that. Some of it good, some of it not so good. Some things were being exposed, and some things were being dealt with. I'll give you a prime example. There's a prayer in the book about uh, deliverance from the scourge of opioids. Yes. And that was kind of a weird one to write. It was sort of, uh, it was sort of like, oh, well, why, why did we put this one in there? And it was interesting because the book was really uh, written to deal with sectors of society, uh-huh. whether it was population sectors or whether it was sectors that relate to um infrastructure in our nation and some of that came from my time in homeland security but this particular prayer on the deliverance of opioids i want to read one section of it that actually came to pass yes and remember this was written in 2017 i want to find that section we come against okay we decree our national leaders shall speak out against the pharmaceutical companies who care more about the almighty dollar than about the health of the people. We come against deceptive marketing schemes that would promise a joyful life instead of telling the truth about the detrimental side effects that many of these drugs carry. We ask you to give doctors who have taken the Hippocratic oath to do no harm To have the courage to not be hypocrites, but instead to stand against the marketing schemes and the mammon ploys that would try to get them to sell the health of society for a fee. And then we talked about, we asked the Lord to bring justice to those pharmaceutical companies as they have sought to, uh, to, to affect our lobbyists. And we say we pray for a smart and effective way for people to wean off these drugs, for them to come into a place of true healing. No more will the big pharma lobbyists get their way in the halls of Congress. No more will be their suggestions for laws and lack of regulations on these drugs that go on question. No more will suggestions for the FDA approval of drugs go without deep scrutiny as to the long-term effects of each drug that could have on the population now and for many generations to come. And what happened after about a year, I guess, and may have been even less than that, if you remember, there was the big news about The um, bankruptcy of one of the big pharmaceutical companies who was the major producer of the opioid drugs.
0: Yes, yes.
1: And I would have to look it up to find out which company that was. But when that happened, I called Julie and I said, my God, we prayed for that in the opioid prayer. Amen. Another thing that happened was we prayed about the transportation systems.
0: Before we before oh, before we move into the transportation systems, um, I just want to hug you right now for uh, uh, that whole um, prayer uh, for the opioid crisis. As one, you know, I, I told you um, before this this conversation, I lost my mother to a drug overdose, and so I've seen the devastating effects. Of, of of the 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 lies of of the opioid addiction of all of these things I, I have walked through that I lived it uh my 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 whole young life as I as I grew up and and so I've been dif- directly impacted by just that and so uh, I just want to thank you for that uh prayer that ministry all, all of that but but go ahead and move on I'm sorry Well,
1: I just want to, because I didn't read the whole prayer and you talked about the devastation of families, I wanted to share this one last paragraph. Mm -hmm. It says, save your people from demonic side effects. Lord, we pray you save them from suicide and homicide. Let the true demonic impact of these drugs be exposed for what they are where families have been devastated by the impact of these drugs and the medical malpractice caused by them, we pray for legal settlements yes. to come to pass. Let your glory rise in the church, yes, Lord, Lord God, yes. that they might operate again in the healing mantle, helping people to be set free. Yes, Lord Jehovah Rapha, we believe you for this in
0: prayer in Jesus' name. And so it was the mm-hmm. aspect
1: of the legal settlements that came down with the bankruptcy of that pharmaceutical company.
0: Wow. Wow.
1: And the devastation of families, that families would be healed. And, and, and you told me about your mother and, yes. and other things. And I told you my breath was taken. Yes, ma'am. When you shared your testimony of how uh, God brought you through that fire uh, to where you are today. And even yes. today, uh, we continue to pray a healing salve over
0: you and your family. Yes, thank you, thank you so in the much, name of Jesus. Thank you so much, and and uh, and that's just a powerful, powerful topic with me. Uh, I could talk, I could talk opioids, I could talk uh, drug addiction, I could talk about addiction all day long. Uh, you had mentioned um, the travel, uh, the travel prayers as well. Tell me about that. Yes,
1: and again, you, this was written in 17 but there was an aspect about it we and i'm going to read this part it says we speak over airline manufacturers and those who design build test and produce these phenomenal flying machines and we thank you god for greater wisdom and revelation to come upon these people so that the planes can be produced in a more economical eco friendly fashion without compromising safety for profit. Mm. And then we heard about the 737 Max.
0: Yes. Yes. So I believe, because your
1: original question was what was some of the fruit we've yes, seen. Yes,
0: absolutely. And there are
1: other examples, but I believe God has exposed some things, exposed some systems through these prayers.
0: Love it. I love it. And, and even
1: as we have a prayer for the president, you know, we're taping, or I don't know if this is live or if we're taping, but uh, today, you know, we have um, uh, our president, President Trump, who is in the hospital today, but yes. thank God that he has been fever free, according to the latest reports, he's Amen. been fever free. Amen. And that is sort of the difference between, you know, mild and not mild COVID-19. Yes. Is when the, the the virus takes so much on you that, you know, your, uh, I guess it's the white blood cells start fighting back and a fever occurs based on that fight or whatever the physiology is. Yes. And so we thank God for his full recovery and that of his wife. Praise God. And we had a prayer in the book for the president, and this was written during uh, the president, uh, the, the tenure of President Trump.
0: And I just want to read just a small part of it, as a, if I may. I know Absolutely. We're getting no, you're close good. Time, yes. but, uh, we, we actually uh, focus
1: in on the, uh, the health of the president. We focus in on godly counsel and, and that he would be surrounded by people who know the Lord. Uh, we focus in on uh, his ability to govern uh, by the way of God. And a few other things, but I just want to read just a couple paragraphs from this. Um, Thank you, mighty God, for the people who you place in the office of president. And this was written this way because we know and we pray that this book will be used for presidential terms to come. But we, as you know, the number 45 is the number that represents President Trump's tenure, right? Yes, yes, ma'am. The number 45 biblically stands for preservation. Wow. That God placed him in position at this time to preserve some things. Wow. And no matter whether you agree with President Trump or not, this was not written as a partisan prayer. Right. This was written as a prayer for the mantle that is on that office. Wow. And as God places men in that office, he does it for a reason. Yes. And we've got to get a grip on that as the people of God and take our mouths off whoever God has ordained to be in that office.
0: Amen. Amen. Unless
1: we're mouthing prayers.
0: God sets up kings and he tears them down. I mean yes, we does. have to we have to understand that.
1: Yes, yeah, so let me just read a, one of these passages. Let the president be consecrated unto you oh god let the president be sold out to god not to special interests not to ungodly alliances let the president act upon your word and allow the president to accomplish those things necessary so that america may be healed lord we pray that you cover the president so that this global leader will not be swayed to the right or the left but be preserved We pray for the president to come under your divine, solemn influence. Keep the president's foot from slipping and allow his decisions to be guided by you and you alone. And then there's another passage where we say, God, we ask for forgiveness for those of us who have dishonored the sacred mantle over the office of the president by ignorantly dishonoring the person occupying it. We pray for wisdom as to what this office represents. When there is disagreement, we pray for understanding and for a civil way to find solutions. We pray for repentance and a turnaround of uncivil behavior among our leadership. Let a spirit of conviction come upon those who must repent so that the nation shall be healed mighty god we ask you to guide the president and let not our enemies triumph over him integrity is a watchword for the leader of the free world you uphold america and keep her and her president in your presence forever
0: you know i just tell you uh miss Jana, this I, I I love what you're doing here. I love your mission. I love your heart. And here's the thing. With the President of the United States, whether it's the Obama administration, whether it's the Trump administration, whoever comes next, uh, I just want to tell you, we have to respect the position. We have to uh, uh, be for our Commander-in-Chief. And, yes. and this is... Uh, enormous here, and I'm telling you, standing on the wall is going to be in my bookshelf. And so I am super, um, yes, I am super excited about this uh, and this this journey that we went on today that you you took us through. Now, I would be a fool if I did not get uh, you, uh, and typically, sometimes I'll end with uh, a prayer for our listener or for... Um, our guest and and all of that and I, would you pray for us today? And and oh, hey I love I love to. Thank you. So so um for for us, man, some of our our listeners listening, um yes. uh, we we have uh just people going through um uh, different things and have experienced God's uh provision in many great ways and 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 all of that and just uh just Continued blessings, I think, on, on our listeners and our ministries and uh, what God is doing in and through our lives. And also, please pray for, for our our next steps, our, our next steps, this journey in this life, uh, whatever that may be.
1: And I don't know what your transmission is, but I know that you are there in Alabama. Yes. Is that correct? Yes, ma'am.
0: And I will uh,
1: pray for those who are listening in regardless of where they are from or where they are at this moment.
0: A beautiful thing about this is, thanks to technology, we have had uh, uh, a person from India tune into this. We have uh, uh, a few from Alaska. There's like 16 or 17 states that have uh, uh, a couple listeners from from each one of those, and so it has um, uh, really been a blessing to see what God can do through technology.
1: Beautiful, beautiful. Well, I'll be glad to pray. And um, I want to be sure that I honor the time appropriately. Yes, ma'am. Um, so um, I just want to—if you ever need to uh,
0: say, "Okay, that—that's enough," just say "Amen" and okay. "Amen," and okay. I'll
1: know that I'm supposed to be
0: done. <laughs> All okay. right. Yes, ma'am. Sometimes I start praying and I'll go on and on. Yes, ma'am. But I think I—I I just love to be uh, in your presence, uh, yes. Dustin, and your—the
1: uh, presence of your listening. Uh, community. Yes, you too. And I thank God for SCAR seeking courage and redemption. Yes. So, mighty God, we pray for the people of this listening community. We pray for those who might have heard it today and those who may hear it in the days to come. We pray, dear God, that you would make yourself specially known to those who are in trouble right now. To those who are suffering, God, thank you that they hear the words, trouble doesn't last always. Thank you, God, that they hear the words that many may be the afflictions of the righteous, but God, you deliver us out of them all. I thank you, Father, that as we, your people, seek your face, humble ourselves, turn from wickedness, seek your forgiveness, you hear from heaven you forgive our sins you heal our land god i thank you that the people of god have a greater understanding that you are still among us we are among you and that when we cry out to you god in true sacrificial repentance you hear us and you forgive us and you heal our land god i pray now in the name of jesus for miracles Signs and wonders to be evident to your people, that even that economic hardship would have to cease. That there would be a word that comes to the heart of those who have, that they would give sacrificially and generously to those who are in need. A word would come, Lord God, to those who have the healing mantle, that they would seek out those who are sick or who are suffering from illness, and that they would speak the word of God, Jehovah Rapha, over them, and that they would be healed. That those who are struggling with issues with their children or with family members, that God, you would bring reconciliation and peace into families in the name of Jesus. Yes. I thank you, Father, that you would even bring a, a, an ability for the people who are listening to find creative ways to produce in this time of chaos and crisis. Yes. For surely in times of chaos, God, you show us the way out. This is the time when you work the best, God. I thank you, Father, for creative strategies and witty inventions that come upon the people at this time that no one would be without. The God we Take on the mantle of the Acts chapter 4 church Where no one would be left in need That everybody's needs would be met I thank you Father in the name of Jesus For the people who are listening today That neither life nor death nor sickness Or any kind of issue would separate them from your love And we know that even what we're going through God You're working it together for our good This we know God is according to your purpose Because we love you God We know that you're working it together for good and we thank you God in the name of Jesus for all you In the love of Christ, that agape love that is sacrificial, that is delivering, that is covering, that casts out, that really is a radical love. We come in the love of Jesus and we come covered
0: by his blood. In Jesus' name we pray. Yes. Amen and amen. Amen and amen. Thank you. Thank you, So Lord. much, Lord. We just we give you the Thank honor. You, God. We give you the glory, God. I pray over. Lord, I pray over Miss Jenna Scott. I pray over the book standing on the wall. I pray Thank over her ministry. I pray over this government. I pray over all of our listeners right now, Lord. That you will be with Thank them. You that you will walk with them. That you will anoint them as they go Thank forward, Jesus. Lord, uh, in your yes, will, Lord. God, just 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 give us a, a heart and ears to hear. God, let us, let us soften our hearts in areas where maybe we haven't been ready to turn over every area to you, Lord. I pray right now that we're able to give over every area of our lives over to you, and we're able to move forward in bold confidence, knowing that at the end of the day, no matter what we see, hear, think, or feel, that you, God, are on the throne. You're on the throne, Father. This is all about Jesus and nothing else. Yes, yes, Yes. go ahead, go ahead.
1: And I'm just sensing that, uh, and I don't know if this gets into the prisons, but uh, I just want to pray right now for anybody who is locked up who may be hearing this message, this message broadcast that the spirit of the Lord be upon you, yes. that you take that word of God and eat of it while you are uh, in, while the body is locked up, yes. let your spirit be free yes. by the word of God, yes. and know that God has a plan and a purpose for you that the enemy cannot destroy, but stay close to the word of God, even with the struggles that go on in a confined environment, continue to speak the word of God, eat yes. the word of God, hide yes the word of god in your heart and let it be shown to those who may even try to abuse or or hurt you let it let the word of god come forth when you're with your uh other inmates let the word of god come forth when when the officers are coming in let the word of god come out of your mouth in great courage in great courage. Seek redemption while there's time, says the Lord of hosts. And I believe that this person, I'm seeing in the spirit a person who is in the jail, but yet they're looking out as if their time for coming out is coming. And the Lord says, as you come out, don't forget about how you held on to the Word of God while you were in there, yes. and continue to hold on to it when you get out, because that's where your freedom lies. Your true freedom lies in the Word of God, and we thank you, Father,
0: in Jesus' name. Amen, and amen. Oh my goodness, Miss Jenna, I tell you, uh, that was powerful. That was powerful, and I want to, uh, I want to thank you for um, just being a guest on on my show. Oh, I'm honored. Thank you. <laughs> and, and so, now, if people want to learn more about standing on the wall, they want to learn more about you, and they want to pick up a copy, which you should, by the way, um, and so if, uh, if they want to learn more about you, where can they go? Well, uh, the book is on the uh, website. It's
1: uh, Publishing. Dot .com and mm-hmm. I'll spell that out F is in Frank I E S is in Saturday T is in Tom A publishing great P U B L I S H I N G .com fiesta com. and if they did not get that then I'm going to give a phone number that they can call great. and they can get information And that is in Phoenix, 602-505-8164. 602-505-8164. And that's a number that will get directly to me. If you get a message, leave a message and I will call you back. And uh, we would be grateful for anyone. Who would like to receive a copy of this book? Uh, we uh, are asking for a small donation of ten dollars. but if someone is really going to use the book and we and you say I, I can't afford 10 but I have X amount, we want you still to call because we want our nation's people to be praying these prayers amen we truly do for our president for the people of america for our country for the integrity of the nation to be maintained and preserved so please go to fiesta or call us at
0: 602-505-8164 thank you dustin thank you thank you amen and amen if you will just uh, hold on just one minute As for our listeners, this has been another great episode of SCAR, and we will see you in the next couple of days.